We are back. We are back. Let's do this. We're going to throw up the, uh, we're going to throw up the video very quickly. Let people get in here. Nah, forget that video. We don't need that. We'll just get started. So what is going on, everybody? Thank you for coming back. Hope everybody enjoyed that episode with Suze Lejudai. I might be the only person who knows how to pronounce her name. But uh, that was fun. What a, what a great episode that was with her. It went by super quick. Let's see. Did you get it? We are going to have someone joining. Someone is going to join me here. We're going to just uh, hang out and shoot the poop for some more sports cards live after hours. The only thing is, usually I throw this guy right here up, this guy right here, but it now kind of cuts off the top with this new uh, this new format that uh, StreamYard has. So we're not going to put that up right now. We're just not going to put that up. Jake, thank you. Appreciate that. Appreciate that comment. And uh, hey, there we go. Rich says, you need a road. I do need a road trip to New York, Rich. Hey, you never know. I might, I might, might be able to get out there. You never know. Might be able to get out there. Wouldn't that be a lot of fun? Come see you, buddy. Come see you. A bunch of other people. There's a few shops I want to check out. There's lots of things I could do in New York for sure, for sure. But yeah, that was fun with, with Suze. She's She's a great guest, man. That went by so fast for me. Literally went by so fast. I, I figured we were at like the 30-minute mark. I look up, it's like an hour and 20 minutes. Troy, good to see you. No worries, no worries. Yeah, check it out later. It was, it was a fun episode. Give it a check out. Give it a check out later on. For sure. For sure. So one thing, one thing. I, I So here, you know, there's all this talk, all this... Uh, I'll just call it talk on tickets right now. And I was doing some organizing. I was doing some organizing here just today in this room here. It was getting, things were just a little bit out of control in here. There was crap everywhere. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta uh, organize it, kind of, you know, clear the space, clear your head a little bit. So I did that. And in doing that, I went through and I, I grabbed my old folder of ticket stubs from events that I'd been to. And I pulled out some of my old concert tickets and it's like, it's, I don't think I'll get them graded or anything. It might, they'd be nice just for display purposes to have them slabbed up. But I don't know that I'm going to go ahead and do anything like that. But I did pull them out. I figured I'd share them on here at some point with uh, with, the, with the chat. So, uh, but just to see Anthony George says it's a must-see for sure toys. I think he meant Troy. But yeah, that was a great, that was, a, I had a lot of fun. DJ Lazy Jeff, appreciate that. I thought she was a great guest for sure. And I like that idea at the end to do a 24-hour uh, live stream sort of telethon for charity. We're going to do that. We chatted quickly after. We're going to do that, something like that, at some point in time. I haven't even shown them yet, Rich. How can you say what? No, Aerosmith. I haven't even shown them yet. And I have seen Aerosmith, but I don't still. I don't have the ticket still for some reason. Otherwise, I would have pulled it out, uh, pulled it out, and have it in my hand with the ones I do have here. Foul five ball. What's going on? Bobby Burrell, two hours. Yeah, you know it's going well. Yeah, exactly, exactly, Bobby. I loved your answer to that question, by the way. Chris C., welcome back. Rich, no Aerosmith. Embossed, what's going on? Suze was great, I agree. Fowl Fieball, any thoughts on Mark's cards? It was my first and only LCS. Oh, that's too bad. I'm sorry to hear that, that it was your first LCS. Well, maybe we'll talk a bit about it. Uh, Bobby Burrell, what no Van Halen? So I will show the ones that I do have. I do see that we have, uh, 
a guest who has con- come into the uh, the back room. So let's bring him on. He sent me a message saying, hey, what's going on? There's Joe, Joe Perot from Santa Cruz. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you, Jer? I'm I'm good. I'm, what were you up? What were you up to uh, b- before you came on here? I mean, I was like watching the Warriors game. Uh, I had taped it, and then I was um, listening to your show. And then there was some action on Clubhouse. So just a lot going on on a Saturday night. Nice, very nice. And my Calgary Flames are in what looks to be a goaltender's duel tonight against the Vancouver Canucks. There's like six minutes left in the third period. The score is zero zero. And there have been, uh, well, 28 shots for the Flames and 15 for the Canucks. So, wow. Uh, Their goalie is playing well tonight. Their goalie is playing well tonight. So I'm going to show these tickets. I don't know if you heard that, Joe, but I I pulled out some tickets that from, and they're in, they're in chronological order. So I'm going to go through these because I think it's just fun and you never know, maybe I will get them graded one day and just as my own, or just framed. I don't need them graded. I just need them framed really as a display, but. The first one I'm going to show, this is from August 2nd, 1992. This is, I'll, I'll tell what it was. August 2nd, 1992, me and like five of my buddies, we hopped into a couple of cars and we drove from Winnipeg down through North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, over to Chicago to Grant Park for Lollapalooza 1992. Lollapalooza 1992. I was there. It was awesome. And uh, wow, that was, that's, uh, what is that? 30 years ago, 30 years ago. Wow. Time. Lollapalooza. Second ticket. This is from um, August 23rd, 1994. Rolling Stones, the Voodoo Lounge Tour. Ooh. Went to that show. Nice. Then we got, now we're going to skip ahead. September 24th, 1996. Smashing Pumpkins. Mm. Yep. Followed by May 21st, 2003. Went to see Coldplay. I love Coldplay. This is my, this might be my favorite. One of my favorite bands of all time. October 27th, 2003. The Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, Flea. Flea. <laughs> Anthony Kiedis. November 17th, 2004. Another one of my all time favorite bands, REM. I love these old Ticketmaster tickets, right? You got all the information. September 4th, 2005, Pearl Jam. This is probably like the fourth or fifth time I'd seen Pearl Jam. I had seen them in 92, 93. They played an event called Sunfest in in Manitoba back then. I went to a couple years in a row. Pearl Jam. This was a great show. June 26, 2006. This was System of a Down. Who's I, I just love their music. System. And then the last one, this is from... May 17th, 2017, I pulled this one out because, well, I had the ticket, but it's who I was with at this con- at this concert. But this was Barry Manilow. Went with Brian Gray to see Barry Manilow in 2017. Yet, uh, this was during the uh, the National that year. Allstate Arena, Chicago. Wow. Me, BG and a bunch of others uh, went and we sat in a suite, actually. It was a lot of fun. Wait, so, what year was that again? Uh, 17, 2017. Okay. Okay. Wow. Barry Manilow. Amazing. Barry Man- well, Brian Gray is a huge Barry Manilow fan. Well, I wish he was watching right now. He'd uh, he'd be well, he'd start, if he was on. He starts singing Barry Manilow. I could be wrong. But 
isn't isn't um, Brian kind of interested in tickets, like getting tickets into cards somehow or another? I don't know if you talked to him about that. Yeah, I think he's. I've heard him talking about that a little bit on like uh, on Clubhouse and that. But uh, but yeah, that's that was my that's my my concert ticket collection. There was a couple others that I was like no one will have heard of, so I didn't so, bring them. So up, but. Let me ask you, Jerry, real quick. I know you're going to go to the chat here in a sec, but like those are all shows that you attended. Do you have? your sights set on any particular tickets um, for, for events, you know, be they sporting events or concerts that you did not attend, but that you would like to kind of have some sort of memorabilia piece from. No, I don't. Not really. That's not your jam. No, not, I mean, not, not never say never, but when I think about it, like, I do see the I do see the attraction to to like debut tickets or tickets from uh, first you know first appearances uh, you know big like goat moments as Carvin would say or championships or record breaking games of a player you know a three like three hundredth home run or that kind of thing I could see that being interesting but I I got my hands full with the sports card hobby like I got you know it's I don't need to veer out into tickets events i've been to like these concerts that's pretty cool to put those in a collage okay. or something well one one way to maybe sort of backward plan it too is is a ticket that you did not secure at the actual event but you were there and you you somehow find a way to access that ticket you know posthumously so to speak yeah it would have to be a really important event for me to go through that effort to track down a ticket from that event did you see Gretzky play live many times, one time, multiple times? Yeah, probably probably many times. I mean, I used to go to games in the 80s uh, regularly, okay. um, had season tickets in the early 90s. So I've probably seen Gretzky play live, I don't know, a dozen times over okay. the course of my life. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean that'd be kind of cool. Like I have, I have uh, the only time I saw Michael Jordan was when he was on the Wizards and he came to the Golden State Warriors and I have the ticket from that that I, I went to. I was in the third deck and, you know, he scored like 20 points. And, you know, it's just cool to finally see Jordan in the flesh. I was in the upper deck, but um, nonetheless, that's that's a meaningful one for me. That would be cool. That would definitely be cool. Yeah. I did find some old hockey tickets from like Madison Square Gardens. There was a year where I was traveling for work. I think I got to like nine different hockey arenas and saw NHL games. And I had I saved those tickets. But I don't remember those games. I don't remember if there was a big deal at any of them. Was it somebody's first appearance? I have no clue. And I'm not likely to go do that research. Yeah. No, I mean, the moral of the story, I mean, for what the, the story I'm hearing from you is that there's only so much we can keep track of in our, our hobby collecting interests. And um, I know that you already cover a lot of territory. So tickets, it's just, a, you know, <laughs> only yeah. can much pretty much yeah pretty much nails it right there i'm gonna go to comments now i love how you said i know you're gonna go to comments yeah you know you know me pretty well so uh yeah aaron says just hit the like button sure guys hit that like button if you uh if you don't mind chris c thoughts on ebay certification i mean yeah that, that's certainly big news big hobby news my thoughts on it um i don't like i, I think i mean i i don't know i don't know enough about it but I don't think it's going to make the eBay experience more streamlined. Like, I don't think it's going to make it more efficient. I think it's going, to, it's going to make it less efficient. It might make it more, it might make it safer and safer against buying 
you know, damaged cards or not getting what you're expecting. But my experience on eBay, I started there in 1999. My experience over 20 years on eBay has been, for the most part, very positive. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think, I think it's going to, I think it'll lessen my activity on eBay uh, during this initial startup phase of this new service. And after I hear feedback from other people in the hobby who are going to test it out, um, then we'll see. I'm gonna. I, I kind of reserve the right to 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 make to to kind of have thoughts on this until later. Right now, my thoughts are very jumbled, and I don't. I just don't know. Uh, Joe, your thoughts? I'd like an opt-in option, and I agree with you that you know. I think if you've been in the hobby for a while, you're already assessing the legitimacy of any given card, and so I can see the benefit for people that are new to the hobby. I can see the benefit for um, certain issues that might, you know, be known for, um, you know, fakes or whatnot, you know, uh, scams. And I and I I appreciate that impulse, but I feel like putting lumping them all together is is kind of um, taking everybody down the path of potential, you know, like we just don't know yet. And and I agree with you. It's like it's a wait and see thing. But I can't imagine that anybody's going to like the extra time, the the a, a, a extra party in the transition point with all the things that can go wrong with that. So I, I wasn't I wasn't jumping for joy. Let's just put it that way. And the cost, it does say it's free, but then it says very important for a limited time. So they are going it's going to it's going to increase the cost of transaction on that platform on eBay. I think I think it's going to open I think it's a great opportunity. I'm going to talk. So Tim Getch will be on Sports Cards Live next Saturday, CEO of ComC. I can't wait to hear his take on it. Is this good for them or bad for them? I think it's going to be good for them. I think it's going to scare people away from eBay for a little while, but it may have one of those sort of short-term pain, long-term gain type approaches for eBay and the hobby. Time will tell, but I agree with you. Another set of hands, another stop along the way, another chance for things to go wrong, all that. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But uh, interested in what other people think. Troy uh, says, welcome to you, Joe. Hockey Hockey says, wow, he lives. He used to be everywhere. Welcome back. Welcome back. Jeremy Allen loves that clubhouse. Yeah, I see you on there all the time, Jeremy. DJ sure. Lazy Jeff, will the telephone will the telethon be called Cardathon or Cardstock? It won't be called Cardstock. I like Cardathon, though, DJ Lazy Jeff. You might have, I'm going to write that down. You might have just named the charitable event that we're that Susan and I are going to organize cardathon yeah she was serious about that that's really cool chris c no black sabbath no black no aussie either in my in my history unfortunately thank you skeppy he says i appreciate you always taking the time to address the chat you are one of the few that manages everything the way you do thank you so much appreciate that <laughs> thank you joe mark says i'm behind on my videos but i can watch I'm behind in my videos, but I can watch for some time. My Rangers lost two games in a row having after 2-0. and Yeah, and what's going on in the Flames game? I got to just bring up my, my app here and see. Wow, a minute 38 left in the third, 0-0 zero, zero still. Yeah, Rich says uh, that Lollapalooza is still an event in Chicago. I know, it's always the same weekend as, as, as National, right? We are competing for rental cars with everyone for Lollapalooza and hotel rooms, for sure. Tom Bullard, good evening, good evening. Wow, 1992. Yeah, definitely need to frame that, right, Troy? Bobby Burrell says, Jeremy in a mosh pit would pay to see that. You you would have had to pay. 
I remember being at a, oh crap, what, what concert was it? It was, um, oh damn, name, the name of the band is escaping me right now. But, uh, oh, you'd all have heard of them for sure. A big grunge band, big name grunge band. Lead singer died. Mm. What was it? What were they called? I got to go down to the bottom here. Come on, somebody tell me. Joe, it was like from the Pearl Jam days. I'm more of a classic rock guy, sorry. We'll come back to it. We'll come back to it. <laughs> Tom says, my favorite ticket stubs from shows is First Family Values Tour with Corn, Limp Biscuit. I love Limp Biscuit back in the day. Orgy, Ramstein, Ice Cube. I think Ice Cube was at Lala in 92. I think he was there when I was there. I'm pretty sure he was. Chrissy, I did see Sabbath, BB King, Eric Clapton, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Pantera, Metallica, White Stripes. Great shows, kept my ass. See, that's a great sub collection right there. I've never seen Metallica. I'd love to see Metallica and White Stripes. Rich Barone, I write the songs. <laughs> nice. Mark said, have you seen Judas Priest, ACDC, Kisser, Van Halen? Man, I might have. It's like, listen, I don't remember every concert I've been. I might have seen Van Halen, but never seen Priest. I would have loved to have seen Judas Priest, Rob Halford back in the day. ACDC for sure, I would have loved to. Bill says, my brother kept all his tickets, too, from the same era. Has them under glass in his coffee table. Yeah, that's really cool. Really cool. Chris Hayes, 92 was the second year of Lollapalooza. Yeah, I know. I just missed the rookie card ticket. You're right. You're right. I, I remember that being the second year. Lol, Jeremy and the buried Manilow Mosh. But no, we were <laughs> we were hanging in the private suite, actually. It was really nice. Brian wants to do a rock and roll set with used tickets. Yeah, he's he's loading up on them right now, too. I'm sure he'll get that done. Colin Murray says, I've seen The Watchmen 10 times. Me too. I've seen them more than that, Colin. I've seen, I have, I've had about half a dozen of their tickets. I just didn't bring out. My my cousin married the drummer. So I'm I'm pretty tight with that, with those, with that band. I, they're, and they're from my hometown. I'm a big Watchmen fan. I wish I'd seen Nirvana as well, Chris. Definitely. Tom Bullard saw Gretzky once and he was coaching. I, I was at a game where he was behind the bench for the Coyotes too. Rich Barone, you said, I believe Rich Barone was like legal counsel or agent to Aerosmith. So, of course, you got the stories, Rich. Of course you do. Ah, you've seen Mark Santucci. You've seen Gila Fleur. I probably saw him, too, in the 80s. Probably because I don't remember exactly what I bet I did. Here we go. John says, I was a concert promoter from 89 to 2016 in Pittsburgh. I promoted over 6,000 concerts during that time. Some became massive. The hobby world has no idea that I was in the music industry. Well, Cool. Very cool. Troy's Collectibles. Seen Gretzky live once when he was with the Rangers versus the Connector. Canucks lost as usual. They still suck. What happened? Did that game go into overtime? Looks like it's going to overtime tonight. Canucks against my Flames. Duncanino can't believe the Seahawks didn't run the ball. I can't believe that the Bills called that that freaking Josh Allen called tails. Still can't believe he called tails. That, that really got you, man. That I, got I, me. That got me. Rest in peace, Clark Gillies. No doubt. No doubt. Rich Brown was at all the playoff games, including the cup games. Gretzky played on Long Island, right? That was up until like 83 or so. I think they went a couple times against the Islanders and lost. Mike Petty was at the forum when Gretzky broke Gordie Howe's scoring record and kept the stub. That's awesome, Mike Petty. That is awesome. Here we go. Purple Haze. I feel like eBay changes will make me use it less. Just seems so inefficient and it's forced on us. I just don't need the extra few weeks between me and my cards. See, I'm, I'm patient when it comes to receiving cards. As long as I come, I'm usually pretty patient, but I but I do agree. I think it'll make me use it less. Hockey, hockey. Any thoughts on what is happening with Starstock? 
Uh, no thoughts, hockey, hockey, but open to hearing what is happening. I've heard bits and pieces, but until I hear it from them, all I know is they've stopped submitting. Uh, they've stopped taking rock hard submissions. I, I saw that tweet that or that that message, that email, but that's all I know. And thoughts on it? No. I mean, if they're managing their business is, is what I would say. Time will tell. More information to come. Bobby Burrell says, third parties in the hobby sure like to fix our hobby. <laughs> right? And hi to you, Purple Haze. Soundgarden. Bill nails it. It was Soundgarden. I was in the mosh pit for Soundgarden. I'm in the mosh pit for Soundgarden. Next thing I know, I see my buddy, like who I was there with. I see him. I swear to God. I see him coming running from behind on the stage. He got up somehow on the stage from behind the drummer right through the middle and, and basically like stage dived into the crowd. It was hilarious. Jerry. It's like the 60s. If you remember it, you weren't there. <laughs> exactly. Everyone guesses Nirvana. I would have remembered Nirvana, but great guesses, guys. Allison Chains, one of my favorites. I love that era. Yeah, more guesses of Nirvana, but no, it wasn't Nirvana. How about some Sponge? I don't remember Sponge, Dwayne. I don't remember Sponge. Do you? Nope. Joe? Nope. Allison Chains or Stone Temple Pilots. Great guesses. I loved. I love both of those bands back in the day. Mike Petty, I wore Elton John's Philadelphia Freedom Wig when I worked backstage at Universal. Very cool. I saw Stevie Wonder back. My first concert ever. My first concert ever. I'm in grade six. Go with my cousin and another buddy. And we go to see Men at Work. Business as usual tour. That's, that was, uh, that's taking us back. That was, uh, that was way back. That was probably, gosh, that was probably in like 85 or something like that. 85, 86 maybe. That was did my, you, my first. Did you see any shows when you were in Australia? Yeah, I, I did. So I was a big fan of Midnight Oil when the Diesel and Dust album came out in North America. That was their first North American release. Yeah. came out in like 88 or something like that. There's nothing and, nothing like seeing a show like in a foreign land. I mean, for whatever reason, because you get the kind of intersectionality of the artist and then like a crowd that's a different crowd than you might be used to. Well, I was young. I was, I was 18 when I was... When I went, I went to Australia, I was 18 and 19 years old. And yeah, I went and saw Midnight Oil. I was a big fan of theirs. Went to see them twice. They played like two or three shows in Sydney. Went to two of the three. Ooh. And um, and then I got into all their 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 back library, their backlog of, of albums. They had like six albums before they made it into North America. And those early albums were all excellent. I bought all the CDs. I Still have them somewhere, of course. Don't know where they are anymore, but uh, yeah, loved the whole. Their whole library was great for me, anyway. Lots of Soundgarden, yeah. Soundgarden's the right guess. Not wasn't Nirvana, yeah. Chris Cornell, Mike Petty. I've been backstage. Ah, that's cool with Tom Petty. Stone Temple Pilots, my favorite grunge era for sure. Yeah, I loved Stone Temple Pilots. John G got to meet Walter Gretzky. Chrissy, I'd rather get real cards in two weeks. Then get a fake in five days. Hey, that that that's well said right there. That's well said right there. Good night, Rich Barone. The mayor has left. We call him the mayor of Canada, even though he lives in New York. <laughs> Daniel Busby says, I don't care what anyone says. Nickelback is one of the greatest shows ever, and everyone says they suck, but completely sold out. <laughs> I mean, when Nickelback put out their first album, I liked it. I enjoyed it. And by the way, my Calgary Flames did beat the Canucks in overtime. one nothing Flames, Johnny Goudreau with the overtime goal. He's having a great year. He's on a contract. Yeah, there we go. Terry Fortune. Goudreau with the overtime winner. Thank you very much. Saw In Excess. I loved In Excess. Oh, that kick album was great. And there's even some other stuff they did too. 
for sure. One last thought, Neil Young, Rush, no Canadian bads. You know, you know, you say Bieber. Bieber's Canadian, Neil Young's Canadian, Rush is Canadian, all Canadian bands, Richie, all Canadian bands. I, I saw Blind Melon live. They were one of my favorite shows. It was just such an awesome, awesome night and for, for me and some friends I was with. Here we go. My first concert says Mike Mark Santucci was Kiss at the Garden, Madison Square Gardens. Do you remember who opened? I do. <laughs> Bro, there's no way I remember who opened for Men at Work. That was 1985. I remember we had we were, it was it was at the Winnipeg Arena and we had we had like front row seats on the balcony way up high so that's all I remember that's all I remember Neil Young with Crazy Horse yeah that'd be pretty cool Oil gonna Oil gonna go on a tear the Oilers yeah Evander Kane right he scores in ten minutes into his career with uh, with the Oilers for sure CM first concert was Foo Fighters first tour yeah I've seen the Foo Fighters as well enjoyed it immensely <laughs> Troy laughs at the Canucks Pearl Jams yep yeah, seen them a handful of times Chad Chipper first concert was Cinderella Winger and Bullet Boys hilarious Winger Winger I remember all those bands no doubt who can there we go who can it be now that's right that's Men at Work right there Christy you know it Hall and Oates I listened to all this music back, right? I like all sorts of music. So, oh, wait. And Dwayne Tonka says, greatest live concert I saw last year that trumped them all, Foo Fighters. Yeah, they're great. No doubt. No doubt. All right. We got to the bottom of the chat. We're talking about concerts and concert tickets and only a little bit about sports cards. And we're on Sports Cards Live, so we usually talk about sports cards. Wait, Bobby Burrell saw Van Halen four times over four decades. That's awesome. That's awesome. Daniel Busby, Willie Nelson concert at Kane's Ballroom in Tulsa, Oklahoma was amazing. So mm. cool. Very cool. I can't even remember all the concerts I've been to. Like, the decades, man, they just go by. They just go by. They sure do. How about you? What's uh, what's one or two of your favorites you've seen? You know, um, recently I saw the Stones. I've seen the Stones maybe three times. And um, I saw them in Santa Clara at Levi Stadium maybe uh, right before the pandemic. And I was I was very impressed. They uh, they had canceled the show because I think Mick had some sort of health issue, you know, like a heart thing or something. And um, they showed up and they 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 sounded great for a big stadium show. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It it would take a while um, for me to sort of catalog the the different shows and you know some of them. I was uh, traveling when I was quite young. I think I was 20 um, through London and I saw uh, Run DMC, LL Cool J and the Beastie Boys and UTFO at the Hammersmith Odium, which, uh, you know, it hurt my ears. But um, that was that was a pretty memorable show um, you know, in terms of uh, I think it was 1987. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, what's on my mind, not to pivot to sports cards or anything, but the whole Tom Brady thing, you know, Jeremy, you and I both um, had taken a little bit of a fancy to uh, Tom Brady memorabilia cards. And as it so happens, uh, somebody on Clubhouse was describing it as almost like a fire drill today. We don't know if Tom Brady is actually retiring, but it seems like the market um, definitely responded as if he was retiring because it was announced and then sort of taken back a little bit by his father. And we'll see if the announcement comes back, but I'm curious, you know, people in the chat, you yourself, Jeremy, like, 
you know, thoughts on, you know, clearly the goat of, you know, NFL and the big argument in clubhouse today was, you know, Jordan or Brady, you know, for, you know, which, which player rises to, you know, the premier goat level. And there, there were arguments. So I'll jump in there, Joe. Yeah. Good, uh, good lead. And I would say, first of all, to answer that last question, it's Jordan. For me, it's Jordan. It's not even, it's not even a competition for me. It's, it's, it's Michael Jordan over Tom Brady. If you're and and not that you can really make the comparison, but overall significance in the world, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Michael, Michael Jordan there as for, you know, we talked about at the beginning of the episode, the earlier episode with Susan as to what, what does this mean for the hobby? And, and for me, what I think is, we, we are now going to learn something. The hobby is going to learn something in this because we're in a new era of the hobby, right? Since really since spring of 2020, that was the dawn of this new era. And we have never had a goat of his status or stature retire since then, right? Yeah. We've had yeah. Kobe pass away, but he had been retired already. We haven't had a true goat retire in any sport that I that I'm thinking of. I don't think so. So we are now going to find out what's going to happen to Tom Brady's cards in this new era of the hobby being the post pandemic. And I, I'm not really, I mean, I might make a prediction or two, but I don't know what's going to happen to his cards. There's going to be more interest. You know, people who are, who have been dormant in the hobby might decide, Hey, better get some cards because he retired and they're now they're going to go up in value. But I think that, um, you know, there's, there's going to be attention placed elsewhere now that he's retired and not that his cards are going to go down in value. They might, there will be cycles, but I just think that now was not the time to buy. I think now might be the time to sell, you know, sell now and buy back in when, once the attention goes elsewhere, if you're willing to wait, what's your horizon? Like I always say, my horizon is at least 10 years out. So now I'm probably not going to go selling the cards. I just bought a month and a half ago or, or not even a month, like th- earlier in January, because I'm just like too lazy to do that. But, but I think that now might be, you know, I could probably sell what I just bought, make a profit, buy them back in, in three months for probably cheaper. I think that's, what's going to happen. Could be wrong. So we'll see, but I'm excited for, for this case study that we're all going to be able to now witness and see what happens when a goat retires in this era. That's kind of what I want to see happen. And a goat of his, of his stature, because he's of the highest stature. I, I still think that Jordan is just a, much it's a different it's just jordan's a different animal you know he's different than anything else so that's what i think let's see what some of the chat has said about this i'll start at the bottom uh mark santucci said brady played against easy teams rice and montana are better than brady i can't I, I mean listen i'm no expert but i can't argue against that montana was 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 awesome Junkyard Goat Hunter says Wilt Mays Montana. Not sure what that's in reference to because I'm starting at the bottom here. Tampa Home Investors Brady cards will continue to go up. There may be dips, but he's going up long term. I agree with that. I agree with that. Jake's Toe says MJ is known worldwide, old and young. Yeah, hundred percent agree. I, I think, and that's kind of what, what I'm getting at there. Kobe is better than Braun, says Chris C. Junkyard says Gretzky the goat, but Ovechkin should overtake him, which is okay. Doesn't take takes nothing away from Gretzky if and when Ovechkin overtakes him. In my mind, nothing nothing taken away from Wayne. 
Waxel, what's this about? It says, media's got to do a better job. How crazy to announce something as big as a GOAT retirement without sourcing from the man himself. Sad how bad these journalists want the limelight. Well, yeah, it's like everybody wants to be the first to break the news, right? So it it happens in hobby content too, amongst us hobby uh, us hobby content creators, right? Everybody wants to be the first to bring new news to the hobby, for sure, for sure. Daniel Busby says, I'm going to go on record. I do believe I got Jeremy into Brady jersey cards. I added two more. Did you, Daniel? I don't I don't know. I can't verify that, but I won't deny it either. You might be someone who kind of put my brain in that direction, but it's not jersey cards, it's patch cards. And to me, there's a big difference between a jersey card and a patch card. I like the patch version or the patch option, if you will. Back now we're getting back into concerts. Yeah, we... One, oh, was cool. My uncle was in the Smells Like Teen Spirit video in that gymnasium in 91. He said Kurt was nice and and all, but he just didn't seem to care about anything except heroin. Okay. Can't one, say much about that. Can't say much about that. Go ahead, Joe. Well, I was just going to say one, one thing that uh, was was being discussed um, earlier today was kind of how uh, – you know, with the rise of the young quarterbacks like Burrow and Herbert and obviously Mahomes. Um, Allen. Yeah, and, and, and then sort of um, looking at Brady as kind of a benchmark, right, or, you know, a, a way to evaluate what the preeminent, you know, football player quarterback, um, what, what, you know, prices they fetch, and then – you know, now that if if indeed he does retire and we kind of are able to, you know, as you said, kind of examine the case study of what what his market does, it may provide information um, to to investors or, um, you know, how the prices of the other quarterbacks trend, you know, given how young, so, you know, so many of them are. And then you look at the distance that Brady covered, the accomplishments that Brady has done, and then you start to kind of reckon you know wh where things make sense in terms of you know the best you know whatever it is an rpa a rookie card um and i i think that's going to be an interesting element of this not just brady alone but how the brady where brady settles and then how that um sort of has a a, a subsidiary kind of impact on the other um players in the league yeah interesting i i it makes a lot of sense to me that you know it's kind of like everyone is now going to be measured against Brady. All these young quarterbacks, their careers are always going to be compared to Brady's. And will any of them measure up? It's unlikely. I mean, how many, what, it's just amazing how many championships he has, right? Like it, it, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And he's got personal, he's had a long career. That's rare. That's lucky. He, he just, he just, he's a lucky person in every aspect of life. It seems like he's a very lucky person. And that's okay. Good for him. Well, we it was interesting because this this you know debate about Brady and Jordan was it was kind of driving me a little bit crazy, and I was trying to figure out because I think it's just impossible to compare the different ways in which you know a basketball player compares to a football player. One one thought I had um, was comparing. Jordan and Brady to like the three most competitive players in their sport and seeing how far they outclass the rest. And immediately Carvin jumped in and said, well, then, then, then Gretzky would be the, the, the goat of all time because he's so far 
outclasses everybody in the hockey world. Um, I don't know what you think about that, but I mean, it, it, we, we could just focus on Brady and, and Jordan, but does, does Gretzky deserve a place in terms of if we're, we're talking about the all-time GOAT? I think Gretzky is the all-time GOAT on in the sport. But Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan transcends the sport world, and that's why he's on another level. It's like I just had up there, Purple Haze says, Jordan is beyond GOAT, whatever that is. And that's exactly right. He's beyond GOAT. He's beyond sport. So it's it's completely different. But as far as sport go, goats go, I, I think Gretzky is the best at his sport ever, you know, better than anyone has ever been at their sport, I believe. And I know there's even arguments. People, Some people say Bobby Orr, but – and if Eric's watching, you're wrong. It's not Bobby Orr. It's Wayne Gretzky. So – I, Do, yeah, I think Gretzky is is the is the goat of all. I think he's the goat's goat. And and I know the you know the goals and the the different you know ways that you measure hockey performance. Um, how how many uh, cups did Gretzky win? Or does that four. four? Okay, he had four. Yeah. Here, CM says Jordan is the goat's goat. Jordan was pre-social media, which made him even more revered because he never rocked the boat while on top. Right? He had his gambling issues, but who cares? Like. I never cared about that. Junkyard says Chamberlain averaged 50 points on a tech. He's technically the goat. I don't, I don't, I don't get that Junkyard. I don't know how that makes him technically the goat. Aver- well, averaging 50 points with a hundred point plus point game. I mean, I, I, I do actually see an argument there for that, but it's just, there, there's so much more, I think, to being like the greatest of all time than just how many points you had. And that would work against Wayne Gretzky, right? Wayne Gretzky might not be the, the most skilled player of all time, but his complete package is as good as it's ever gotten. And maybe, you know, to that, with that said, you know, it's like may, maybe he's not, maybe you don't have to be the best ever to play to be the best athlete to ever, to have the best career. It's hard. I'm having trouble articulating what I'm thinking right now, but junkyard, you know, he, he throws this whole thing for a loop actually with, with this comment, because is, is being, is being the, the goat, like the real goat, the one and only best player of your sport. If it's Jordan for basketball and Gretzky for hockey. And after that, it's not as clear. I don't think it's as clear in, in uh, baseball and football. Although now it's become clear that it's probably Brady for football. But again, just because you have the best offensive stats in the sport is that all it takes to be the greatest of all time and and that's what junkyard is saying for chamberlain that technically he's the greatest of all time because he had the most points or averaged 50 points in his career i think you have to look at era who you played against what the competition was like there's just more to it i believe yeah i mean there's a lot of angles on that and winning championships is certainly one of them i mean if you're going to talk about all time scoring leader i mean obviously kareem uh but certainly in that one year where wilt averaged 50 points and and got the 100 point game you could say that was the goat season i i i I was i was actually confused i was confusing kareem's all-time points with wilt there it had me thinking that was wilt but no that was kareem right who's the all-time points leader for now until lebron overtakes him right so yeah that having one great season or even a couple doesn't make you the goat in my eyes it's the whole package. You can't, you can't just, and it's not just going to come down to numbers. I don't think it's going to come down to a few other of uh, like intangibles in a way. So, 
but let's let's stop. I don't even really enjoy these goat discussions all that much. So, uh, so says Gretzky is the greatest impact on his sport ever. Chris C. Jeremy, do you feel that Fanatics would do an exclusive PSA agreement, which would basically mean pre-graded cards or NFT, and you'd have no choices to get them raw? Just have a feeling it could happen. I don't think that's going to happen, Chris. No, I absolutely do not think that'll happen. I think there might be some products that could be uh, distributed that way, but I don't think that it's going to be everything. Uh, uh, I think that's impossible, actually. T. Dot Jordan worth the greatest enterprise value. Yeah, and that that's telling. That's indicative. Anthony George says you're the goat when the public calls you the great one while you are still playing. Love Obi, but Gretzky is king. Yeah, for sure. Jake's toe says I wouldn't call it lucky, but hard work, staying healthy. In reference to what I said about Brady, yeah, I hear you, but. Staying healthy is lucky. That's what I meant by lucky. Jake's toe is that staying healthy itself takes luck year after season after season for sure. We make our luck. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on that bandwagon just a little bit. I mean, knowing what Brady does to ensure that he maximizes his chance not to get it, and it, it's not to say that luck doesn't enter into it. And as my grandpa used to say, I'd rather be lucky than good. But I think when you look at Brady's habits and his commitment to the way he trains, you, you, you can say that he, he has as much as possible controlled that fate. Yeah. There's probably something to say for that. Like every time he gets sacked or tackled or, or, or hit by a player who's trying to take him down, there's a risk of injury every single time that happens. Right. So if he knows how to fall, if he can, if he can control that in that split second and make sure that, He's not going to bust a leg or a shoulder or a knee. I mean, there's an element of skill to being tackled, I guess, but there's also a lot of luck to not being tackled and having your neck broke, right? I mean, there's there is luck or whatever broke. So, I mean, avocado, avocado milkshakes, you know, whatever it takes. Mark says Gretzky belongs in the conversation. Gretzky over Brady. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy into that. I'm I'm probably biased. I'm a hockey fan. Tom Bullard says Wilt Chamberlain could do anything, including records back then in track and field events like high jump. Fair, fair, yeah. That's against Kareem, old person to block the sky hook and all-time scorer. Mike Petty says nobody could finger roll like Wilt and shoot free throws underhanded. Then from the top of the key and chip paint, he revolutionized the head ha- the headband. <laughs> All Valley Collectibles says I use the term goat loosely. To me, there are goats and there are goats for an area. And I always say, all Valley, that we use the term goats very loosely in the hobby now. And that's okay. But it's okay because goats travel in herds. So there's more. there can be more than one goat. I think it's when you actually get rid of the acronym and say it out. And it's all in all, when you say greatest of all time, you are no longer talking about goats as we say it so frivolously in the hobby. You're talking about who is the, the greatest of all time, whereas goats is something different. And I know I'm mincing words, but that's how I think of it anyway. Troy says, Gretzky had the best number on his back and the shiniest stick. Well, that'll make you a goat, right? That'll make you a goat. Here we go. Evan Thomas, Michael Jordan, Jack Nicholas, Wayne Gretzky, and Tiger are the goat Mount Rushmore. Yeah, I mean, but where does does Babe Ruth not get, get on there somehow? Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali. Yeah, but there's only four on Mount Mount Rushmore is too restrictive. It just is. It's just it's just no no fun. You're always leaving somebody out, right? It's always. interesting. He he put two golfers in, and somebody was talking up Nicholas. Um, I can't say that I'm a, a a golf expert, but I I think that's an interesting 
comparison, Tiger and Nicholas. Yeah, two of them. Yeah, you're right. And Purple Haze throws Muhammad Ali out there just like you did. Colin Murray says Wilt was 10 feet tall. Jordan and Gretzky were supposed to be the best. Brady barely got drafted. Well, that's that's great for Brady, though, right? It's not always nice to someone to come up from out of nowhere. Kareem is the Gordie Howe of basketball. I, I, I like that. I like that. Oh, Junker, it says Fanatics partner with CSG. Oh, yeah, I wasn't even thinking that when we were talking about that, that it wouldn't be PSA at this time. It would be a CSG partnership, most likely. Albert Jones says, who the guest? This is Joe Perot. I don't know what happened to our names. Oh, there they are. That's Joe. That's Joe, Albert. Say hello. Joe, say hi to Albert. Albert's a loyal watcher. John says, Lemieux is better than Gretzky. I've always liked Gretzky, but Lemieux is the GOAT in hockey. Lemieux is a great player. That's the thing, right? You don't have to be the most skilled player to be the GOAT. There's it, it, there's more to it than just that. Connor McDavid is, I believe, one of the top five skilled players of all time. Is he a GOAT? Not even close. He hasn't he hasn't done anything yet. Like he's had some great years, but he hasn't some individual statistics, but he's not a, he's not in GOAT status. He needs Stanley Cups to get to GOAT status, I believe. That's part of the GOAT package. Ted Williams, and that's with how I really dislike Boston teams being from Buffalo. It's a good call out by Tom Bullard on Ted yep. Williams. Mike yep. Petty says Eddie Shore was the GOAT. Yeah, I mean, but that's you know, he played in the 30s, right? Like it's tough, tough to tough to make that claim to these days, but back then he was the GOAT for sure. He's a Sorry. hockey player, Joe. Sorry, I opened Pandora's box here. I I I actually was disenchanted with the 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 cross sport comparisons and all of that, but here we are. The chat, the are. chat into it. Tom Bullard, my biggest worry with Josh Allen is his physicality. Fair, fair. Purple Hayes says Jeremy is the go to sports card content creators. Thank you, Purple Hayes. Appreciate that. T dot, you got to be good to be lucky. It's law of averages, for sure. Skeppy, here's a thought. If you could have your Grail card slab PSA 10, one with PSA DNA auto on the outside of the slab or the other just normal, what would you pick? Do you understand the question? I don't, I don't understand. If you could have your Grail card slab PSA 10, one with PSA DNA auto on the outside of the slab or the other just, oh, I see what you're saying. So take a slab, get the autograph on the slab, not the card, but on the slab itself and get that get that authenticated. I just want the card in a PSA 10. I don't want any autographs on my cards unless they come out of the pack autograph pretty much. Brady started for 20 years and made the Super Bowl in 10. That's an amazing actually. Johnny Moy in Idaho, welcome to the show. Thanks for the comment. Here we go. Mike Petty, take out Jack Nicholas and put in Babe Ruth. That 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 makes sense to me. T dot Tito's on a roll tonight. Golf isn't a sport. Barry Bonds, GOAT. Yeah, Bonds is a lot of people consider him the GOAT. Ovechkin, Sport Cards Times. I'm trying to collect Young Guns, True Rookie Cards. What products should be ripping? I don't know. I don't rip a lot of product sports card times, but Young Guns are are, are the kind of the commodity rookie card in hockey, so you're, you're on the right track there, I would say. Rod Labor, the GOAT, says Mike Petty. Is that, the, is that, that uh, extreme mountain climber that Carvin likes? Might be, might be. I never remember his name. Jack Nicholas stats are ridiculous for a 30-year span. Tiger doesn't even come close. Interesting, interesting. He was making that point a little bit uh, earlier that, yeah, Nicholas may be, you know, because Tiger is a little bit of the recency bias. And I'm not sure, though. I mean, you know, in the same ways when you watch actual basketball players, 
and you compare eras, personally, I, I, you know, I, I feel like anyone pre, you know, bird magic, it's not anyone, but when you get way back into basketball, it's like, you wonder how would they show up and will Russell, they'd probably show up pretty damn well, but, uh, I don't know, athleticism and the training techniques, diet, all the ways that people have improved over time. It's an interesting question. I I, I wonder, you know, Nicholas and Tiger going down the links, um, how that would work out. Yeah, that would be that would be nice to see in their both in their primes. In their primes, yeah. Exactly. Always glad you opened it up. Great to hear the chats of you on Goat Talk. And then Albert says, health has a lot to do with being a goat. Lemieux and or would surpass Gretzky if their careers were without injuries. I mean, it's interesting because Gretzky, Gretzky did back in back in the 80s when you were doing fantasy hockey drafts. You didn't get to pick Gretzky. Gretzky was either excluded altogether because if you had the first pick overall, you were almost guaranteed to win your pool. I'm talking about the mid 80s. So his his stat Gretzky was split into two picks. You could either pick his assists or you could pick his goals. And his assists would lead the league anyway without his goals. Then you add another 70 or 80 goals onto it. Like, it was just ridiculous how, how much better he was than anybody. Mario Lemieux is the only other player. I think Gretzky Gretzky's the only player to have 200-point seasons, and I think he had four of them, with 215 being the most he's ever had. Nowadays, we rarely see a 100-point season. Think about that. Mario Lemieux's best season, I believe, was 199 points. Almost, almost had a 200-point season, but only Gretzky's had 200-point seasons. So so some, sometimes people make the argument for Bill Russell because of the number of championships he won, even though statistically on an individual level he may not measure up. Is there a hockey corollary uh, to someone that won a whole lot of Stanley Cups, like upwards of 8, 10? Yeah, I mean, there's a few guys. Like if he played for the Montreal Canadiens, like, Henri Richard, Henry Richard, he was uh, the Rocket Richard's brother, Maurice Richard's brother. Maurice is an all-time great. Henri Richard um, has 11 Stanley Cups, I believe. Oh, okay. But but I don't believe he was ever like the leader of the team. You know what That's, I mean? To be in the right place at the right time. Exactly, kind of. exactly, exactly. So I think I think all sports where a team has won more than their fair share of championships has players who have won more, you know, kind of a bunch, but they're just not remembered for for their greatness because they were kind of just along for the ride. I mean, they were contributing. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to. I don't want to like you know understate their contribution, but they were overshadowed. I think is a better way to put it. Overshadowed. Like Sidney Crosby has Stanley Cups. So does so does Evgeny Malkin, who's a great player too. But he's been overshadowed by Sidney Crosby, just like. All the players on the Oilers with Wayne Gretzky were overshadowed by Wayne Gretzky. And some of them, like Mark Messier, Yari Curry, Paul Coffey, Grant Fuhr, these are all Hall of Famers, but they don't come into the discussion of GOAT because it's just dominated by other players like Gretzky. Yeah. And and I'm not one of those people that you know rules out somebody that just didn't happen to have the team around them or the situation that allowed them to win multiple championships but when you do get into the goat conversation i think you have to have you know so, some degree of of you know multiple championships to, to to qualify because there there are enough people out there that do have that that if you if you're you know and i you know i'm, I'm thinking of all the all the greats that maybe had one 
or zero, and, and they're still amazing players, but I, I don't think they quite get into the GOAT conversation because they you have to win it all, I think. Yeah, but they're they're yeah. team sports, right? Like I think of Connor McDavid in that in that kind of discussion because Connor McDavid is again, he's easily the best player in the NHL right now, the best player of, of his generation so far. No Stanley Cups. I think he will win one. I think he's good enough to to carry the team to win one. But if I'm wrong, if he doesn't, I mean, yeah, is he just excluded from that discussion altogether because he never won a championship? Is he just the best Hall of Famer never to win a championship? Maybe. Maybe that's how it, how it goes. I, I agree. It's a whole package, right? You need more than just points. You need well, more championships. You need you need you need and like that's why the one thing about Brady that the one one of the knocks against Brady is that in a couple of of his uh Super Bowl championships, he wasn't integral to the win. And that that I think has to be considered in these discussions. So hmm. let's keep going through the chat though. Uh Tampa says Jagger would have passed Gretzky if he didn't leave for the NHL for leave the NHL for four years. Yeah, things but he did. Unfortunately he did. Golf is as much a sport as poker and chess are. Yeah, what about, yeah, poker, hilarious. Except that poker and chess are played sitting down. Golf isn't. That's a big difference. That's a big difference. Let's see what else we got here. Crosby is the hockey goat, says Inglorious P. Ka says Babe Ruth or Barry Bonds in baseball, but people never see Nolan Ryan as one of the goat, and he should be. Yeah, Nolan Ryan, I mean, there's a, there's a, great player for sure <laughs> bill bill russell is the billy goats as jake's toe colin murray says t dot jones must not play golf joe sacco hey joe sacco was a hockey player are you the real joe sacco who played hockey he says hockey was different in in back in the day ovechkin is the greatest i mean joe sacco if you are actually joe sacco the hockey player then we will definitely take your comments uh at face value because uh, you played the darn sport Mario had the best hands ever. Let's see what Joe Sacco thinks about that. Dave Kaplan says, uh, disappointing end to the finish to the game. Uh, not for me, Dave. Not for me. Perfect ending to the game for me. Talking about the Flames and the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Colin Murray says, uh, Ari Richard was captain. Yeah, that's all. It's an important con contributor, is the captain for sure. For sure. I think about Yogi Berra, right? I mean, I think he might have won upwards of 12 titles, you know, and obviously an amazing catcher. I'm not, I'm not sure we're considering him for goat status in the game of baseball, but uh, a lot of championships there with the Yankees. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he, I've heard him talked about that way before as well. Tom Bullard says McGillney crazy rookie. It wasn't his rookie year though, Tom, I think it was the second year or third year even. Uh, for and they scored 76 goals. Him and Timu Solani, both in Timu's rookie year, both scored 76 goals. I do remember it right because Timu's my favorite athlete of all time. Timu Solani. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Mark Messier has more cups than Gretzky. No, I can't deny that. Hmm. Solani had a ridiculous rookie year. Too bad he didn't come to the NHL a few years sooner. But I think it's because he didn't come a few years sooner that he was as good as he was. I think that was very. I think, I think it's the opposite of too bad there, Tampa. I mean, unless you're just saying too bad he wasn't as good three years earlier when he could have come in because, yeah, he had to fulfill his military duties in Finland before he could come over and play, which he did. And he was like 22 in his rookie year, and he was excellent all, all the time. 
Albert Jones. So how do you qualify to get on the show? You're talking about this show? How do you qualify to get on this show? It's a, it's a grueling process to get on this show, Albert Jones. No, basically to get on this show, I just have to meet you. I just have to meet you and want you to come on the show. Simple as that. And by meeting you, I don't mean like in person. I mean like in a Zoom call or something. And you have to bring something to the table, I guess. I guess I'd say that as well. Jer, are you going to the Mint Collective deal down in Vegas? Yeah, man. Don't don't you don't watch the show? I've been talking about it for months. Sorry. Yeah, I, I was forgetting because it got canceled and then you know it got postponed. It only got postponed. Yeah, it's it's March twenty fifth to twenty seventh. I'll be I, I will be there. I'm a curating partner. I'm on a couple. I'm moderating some of the panels. Yes, I'll be there and I will be uh, very involved as well. I was talking to some folks and and starting to get a little bit of an itch to go. Um, what, um, what what do you think it's going to be like down there? Awesome. I can't wait. I think it's gonna be great. I think it's gonna there's it's because it's gonna be not just a card show. There's events, there, there's there's like uh discussion panels to sit on, there's there's rubbing shoulders, there's networking, there's meeting people. It's Las yeah. Vegas. I mean, I think I think uh come man, if you can if you yeah. can make it, if you Could can make it. Chris that's uh organizing, and I, I think I was talking to Chris maybe. Uh I don't know Chris who uh with Mint Collective. Corbellini? Maybe, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, well, the the collectible, uh, team collectible is uh, co-producing the whole event. So there's one Chris at collectible that I know, so it could have been him. Yeah. But they've got lots of people involved, lots of lots of like content creators involved. And uh, I I mean, not, not that that's a good thing nor a bad thing. Not not. I mean, some bring more to the table than others, I would say. But um, I, I just think it's going to be a fun event overall i mean yeah yeah dana white scheduled to speak i mean that'll be pretty neat hear what he has to say junkyard goat hunters agrees with Mays, gretzky and rice yeah you can't forget jerry rice the attention always goes to the quarterbacks but you can't forget about jerry rice for sure rich frank says yogi is definitely a great uh from what you were saying joe got chris j mantle Jordan, Brady, and Gretzky are my are my goats. Twenty four chips combined. Mantle, Jordan, Brady, and Gretzky. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. I never saw Mantle play. Don't know much about his playing days. I understand that there's better players that played. A lot of people say Hank Aaron was better than Mickey Mantle, but there's more to it, right? There's just more. There's more to it, I think, when it comes to to, to the goat discussion. Tampa military requirements. Yep, that's why Lewis Hamilton is the goat, says Jahan. Yeah. Yogi versus Johnny Bench is a tough one. Rice records won't be broken. No, oh, they won't. And oh. Albert Jones wants to know. So who are you, Joe Perot? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll answer for you. Joe, Joe is somebody that I met through the show. I don't remember how we ended up uh, communicating, but um Joe's been on several times on uh, After Hours with me over the past uh, year and a half, I would say, and is a good friend of mine and um, someone who just said, hey, do you have a guest tonight? If not, shoot me the link. And I said, ah, fine. All right. <laughs> you let me on, Albert. Who knows? <laughs> who knows what? Okay. And what's this one? Ed Seat says, Jordan Gretzky, Rice and Mays are the goats. There's another one. I, I mean... I, it's hard to argue with any of these, really. 
hard to argue with any of these. I did not see the 86 Max documentary yet, Dave Kaplan, but I, I hope to watch it. Did. Definitely hope to watch it. Evan Thomas says, always wondered how you sorted your PC. Do you go by year, team, player, sets? Appreciate any suggestions over the madness I have going on. Well, that's a great question. I mean, you have to first, you first thing you have to do with your collection is divide it up into PCs. PC is not the right terminology, right? Because we say, oh, I have a, I have a Gretzky PC. I have a Jordan PC. I have a Brady PC. Well, you have a personal collection that then has cards of Jordan, cards of Gretzky, cards of Brady. So I say I have my personal collection and then I have several, I just call them PCs because that's just the language we use, but several PCs within the overall collection. And they are sorted by theme, really. If I if it's my if it's my rookie collection, it's by year. It, everything's pretty much by year, actually. I'll leave it at that. Everything is pretty much sorted by year for me. That's how I do it. Who do you guys have on the football games tomorrow? Well, Joe, I'm guessing you've got San Fran. Is that right? Kind of have to. I'm a Niner fan, and I have I have some concerns just. The referee crew that's calling the game is the the referee crew that has caused called the most pass interference um, penalties through the course of the year, and the Niners are particularly weak in their secondary. So I'm a Niner fan, and I'm going to be screaming my behind off for for that game. But I I don't know. I I could see the the Rams um, moving on, and then. Yeah, I might go chalk here. I mean, Joe Burrow, really amazing uh, story on the come up. The Chiefs might just have a little more experience. So I might go chalk. I might go Chiefs, Rams. I'm going to, I don't know as much about it, but I'm going to go Chiefs and 49ers because the 49ers were not expected to win last week and and they did. So, I'm gonna go nine. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I, listen, it's not who I think's gonna win. It's just I'm just calling it for fun. I have no clue. I think I, I, I do think Kansas will win. I do think KC will win, and um, yeah, I'm gonna go KC and then the 49ers. Laxel says Joe is the after hours goat. Lots of goat talk tonight. Love it. Lots of goat talk. Good evening, Lapper. How are you doing? Good to see you. Jake's toe says, just glad none of these comments have LeBron in them, which is actually surprising. No one has mentioned LeBron yet. Hey, that is refreshing, isn't it? <laughs> Colin says, who are you, Albert? Everyone here has been on the show. No, not everyone, but that's pretty funny, Colin. Albert Jones, got any heat or you keep it on the DL? So asking to see some of your cards, maybe. Uh, safety deposit box. Let me Let me see if I can find a... I did I did have a couple mail items uh, coming in? How about you, Jeremy? You get anything in? Yeah, I pulled out a couple. I because this was big for me, guys. I don't know if you saw my Instagram. I posted, but uh, I completed a, an eight-year hobby project just the other day. It, it, actually, I went to pick it up at the PO box. Uh, I see that? Yesterday, or the day before. Yeah. But, um, I completed a nine. There are nine basically one of ones, and I ended up getting the ninth card after. Uh, not find having eight for a couple of years, but I was able to uh, from the Winnipeg Jets, one of the best players to never win a Stanley Cup, uh, Dale Howard Chuck. So I got all 
nine letters. So of course they're all here. And the last one I needed was the C, which finally showed up on eBay and I snagged it. So that was pretty cool. And now Corey from Show Your Slabs is going to build me a holder. Do it this way, I guess. Do it backwards. So anyway, these spell out Howard Chuck. There's too many for me to fan nine cards, but uh, you got the H, the A. I'll just show them for the hell of it, the W. I think they're just really nice. Game worn from a nameplate from the back of a game worn jersey. Dale Howarchuk passed away in 2020 from pancreatic cancer. And um, he was uh, my favorite player as a kid. And uh, not my all-time favorite player, but he's my biggest, my my biggest PC within my collection is definitely Dale Howarchuk. And uh, it was nice to put that to bed. At first, I was just going to buy as many as I could as they showed up. And then next thing you know, you're getting close to all nine. And then you find the ninth card and you're like, holy crap. I didn't know if I'd ever buy it, ever find it. Like that card could have been sitting in some wax investors stash for decades. And then this came in the mail also this past week. This is a second year Sidney Crosby, the cup gold patch base card parallel out of 10 that I uh, really want. Because I collect these base patch parallels. And that's like card number 305, I think, in that uh, in that PC within my overall PC. You got a couple cards to show? You're muted. I do. Uh, I, I, I optioned up in a card that I uh, have appreciated for a lot of years and had two of in the safety deposit box. So I went on down to the bank and I grabbed them out and I'm looking to sell them. Um, they're two low grade. Uh, let's see here if I can get them. They're they're. Um, Your lighting is not good. Sorry, let me see if I can turn it up a notch here. That's a bit better. Anyway, um, thirty four Gehrig's. Yeah, yeah. They're they're ones. God, not not so good. Uh, I got an SGC old label, um, uh, thirty four, and then this is a, a Beckett. Uh, with a pinhole in it. I know you like pinholes, Jeremy. Sorry, the lighting is is, is kind of sucking. But anyway, trying to actually move those out because I was able to get a three. Um, and so, you know, that's kind of how I collect when I am able to option up a little bit. I kind of sell off the lower grade. That's a good plan. Purple Haze, any thoughts? We talked a bit about Star Stock at the beginning. No thoughts. Don't really know what's going on there. So, um as the information comes in, be interesting to see when we, uh, you know, I know that they've stopped uh, submitting raw cards or, or intaking raw cards, but if that's all it is, I don't know. I've heard a few other things, but nothing verified. So let's wait till we hear more. But if anyone has more facts, please uh, let us let us know. Uh, Tampa says, man, you come on SCL and didn't bring any cards. Too funny. Those were Howard Chucks, though, Lapper, not Timus. Those were Howard Chucks. Thank you, Dave Kaplan, on the ducky run. Thank you, Tampa. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. So, Joe Sacco, are you are you Joe Sacco, the hockey player, or the not not the hockey player? Kind of guessing you're not the hockey player, but if you are, that, that'd be cool too. Dave Kaplan, did you guys talk about the eBay authentication thing? Uh, we touched on it on the earlier show, and we touched on it on this one too, didn't we? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we touched on it. I think the the summary was, you know, let's wait and see how it goes. But I think it's going to 
reduce my use of eBay a little bit because I think it'll it'll scare a lot of some other people off. So fewer sellers, I would say, which means that if you're a seller on there, you might have more of the market to yourself. So that's not bad. Yes, Lapper, those are all game worn. All he was your uncle's next door neighbor in Gimli. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I was at his place in Gimli myself. Good distinction, Lapper. I mean, I'm really all the more interested in game worn stuff now that you know the modern issues are are coming out with you know some sort of event use thing. So appreciate that. Yeah, same same here. Tampa says, did you find all the Dale Howard Tech cards on eBay online? It was a mix. Uh, it was a mix. Some of them, some of them at, at card shows at the Expo in Toronto. I think a couple like people knew that I was collecting him and them. So people came to my booth said, hey, look what I have. Like, oh, I need that. I need that. I had to pay basically two to three times what I, I, I paid two to three times uh, on the last card than I did on anyone before. But I needed it, right? Like you need it. Like that guy had me. He could have got whatever he wanted out of me for that card, probably. I mean, to a degree, right? But I would have paid triple what I paid for it. You kept your cards close, I'm sure, right? Well, he put it on eBay, buy an hour best offer. Okay. Well, he put it on eBay, buy an hour best offer, $400. I had paid anywhere from like 80 to 150 on these things in the past, okay? He puts it on 400 more than I want to spend, but I offered two Canadian. I offered 200 He he uh, he counter offers at 300 Oh, I just said except i wasn't because people knew i want this card joe so yeah. you know somebody could have grabbed it just to spite me so i was like no forget yeah. i'm grabbing it i'm grabbing it no i had a couple um so i i've been you know on the joe burrow hunt like all of us or many of us have been over the last uh week or th four and uh i have had so many joe burrow cards slip through my hands you know where i put in an offer i get a counter you know, I'm kind of flummoxed. Like, do I take the, you know, do I, do I just accept it or do I continue to negotiate? Um, this is all on eBay. Right. And, uh, man, I mean, he, he's been flying off the shelves. Like it, it's one of those things. I mean, we've talked about this before, Jeremy, it's like, if you really want the card and there's any chance that somebody else out there really wants the card, you're not going to regret just taken it you know like instead of trying to get into the trenches of negotiation and then having it slip through your fingers sometimes it's good just to say i'll accept that you know counter offer and like be done with it that's it exactly sometimes sometimes you just gotta pay to get the card because i put on my instagram when it landed i kind of did a teaser i said a card i've been searching for for eight years has <laughs> appeared and it's on it and it's coming in and it's a, and I, I said a card I've a card I a card I've been searching for that I've needed for eight years. And then I put in the smaller right and say, trust me, this is a need, not a want. This is in the hobby. That's as need as it gets, right? I always say there's always you miss a card. There's always more cards. No, that card I was not. I and, could not miss it. I could and, not miss it. Yeah, and that's that's really speaks a lot to your own, you know what what you've identified in your your collecting uh purpose right and and at the point you were at in that you know goal that you had um it was a no-brainer right and but then there's gradations of that right where you're maybe not as sure if if how much it means to you and i think that's one of the things i mean i've learned a lot from you jeremy just in terms of like identifying 
what is really important to you? Because I, I'm, I can get kind of distracted, you know, I can, I can go over here, over there and maybe lose track of what, um, you know, a primary goal is or a real uh, focus of collecting might be, you know, discipline, all that jazz. So anyway, I, I kudos to you for, for capping that off. It, it probably feels really good and um, do a little victory dance, uh, pop a bottle of champagne, whatever suits you. And um, congratulations. Yeah. I appreciate that, man. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 I was thinking about it, you know, there's, there's still another card I need out there. That's, that's a one of one card that I need. There were two, I found one. I, I thought I'd never find either of them. So the fact that I found one, I'm very happy. If I never find the other one, I will be okay. It's, it, it's fine. This one, I probably wanted more, but I was thinking about it. Like it's those sorts of hobby experiences don't happen very often where you, where you can finish something like that, something that difficult. Like there were nine cards on the planet. There's no, like Dave Kaplan says, any idea on the print run of those letters are they numbered? Yeah, Dave, they're all one of ones. Now they're numbered to nine, right? They're numbered to nine, but they're all one of ones. In like, They just are. There's two H's because there's two H's in his name, but they're all game worn. Upper deck that year in the cup inserted his whole name played into the packs and put them into different packs and they were all distributed around the world so um the print run is there's no more there's no more that's all of them so there have been other companies that have put like uh, in the game has put out howard check's nameplate before but never from a winnipeg jets jersey from like team canada or or, or something else i'm not even sure maybe buffalo sabers or st louis blues but um, for me that was the only nameplate i wanted there are no more out there they're all they're all one of ones, even though they're not, if that uh, makes sense to me. I hope that makes sense. Maybe that's a question for the chat. It's like, when have you just accepted or or leaned into overpaying because you just had to have that card? Is there an example in your collecting, uh, you know, experience where, where you just, you just went all in, you just said, fuck it. Just had to buy it. Yeah, I mean, I think it happens to a lot of us at times, but there's a difference, right? Like you can you can overpay for a card, but you're overpaying based on comps. There might be other, there are likely in many cases, there's other copies on the market that you can find eventually, right? So right. when do you over, like, and I've done that. I've overpaid for a card that has, that there have been, that is not a one-on-one, that there's many copies of, let's say. But when you when when it's the only card that exists, there's only one copy. If you have to overpay, sometimes sometimes you you, you just have to for sure. Chris J says everyone last year did that, which is pretty pretty funny. I'm sure it's uh, not far from from false actually. Uh, Waxel says cleaning a print run is one of the hardest things, regardless of the player or product. Yeah, cleaning a print run, and that's what this is because these are numbered to nine, and there's nine of them, so I did get all of them. I've done that once before. Jeremy's busting it out. Just do that again. I liked how you kind of just fanned them out there. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to do, but there they are. There they are. Yeah. I mean, and I, and I would add on though. I mean, so there's one of ones or, you know, you get a PMG green or something, you know, where there's just limited on the planet. But then another, another angle on this is, 
if it's a really expensive card, let's say, you know, a Bowman Mays rookie, right? Which we've talked a little bit about, you know, there, there are versions of a, a four or a five or a three that look one way. And then there's versions that look another. And if you see one, if you see a four that looks like it could have qualities of a six or a seven, you know, that might be the time to push all in and say, I'm willing to pay over market value because I don't think I'm going to have an option to get into this card, a card this nice, right? Um, in, a, in another moment, anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah. Some cards speak to you for whatever reason. And you just gotta, you just gotta make the play. I mean, if you're, if, if you're a passionate card collector slash even investor, you got to make the play, but I think you're really going to, I think you're, I don't know that investors are really going to ever, no, I'm going to, I'm going to stop that sentence right there in my tracks. Cause we've seen people who um, present as, as investors overpay for cards all the time. So overpay, not overpay, pay over comp is what I mean. And there, there is a difference there because again, you're, you're not, you're only, are you really overpaying if you're only, outbidding the next guy by one bid increment is that really an overpay or is it a one increment overpay in which case there was no choice yet it's the only way you could get it was by doing that so you really didn't overpay we could go on it's some of these topics you could just go on for hours this one the goat one right but that, that i like that one that one's fun a couple of people did make some comments jake's toe everything is only worth what someone is willing to pay yeah agree Albert Jones overpaid for my OV Young Guns Auto BGS 10 Auto as well, but now it's worth money. So you overpaid at the time, but hey, it worked out well for you. Chrissy bought a Kobe Chrome PSA 9, no greening. Very nice, very nice. The Dream says, I've definitely overpaid when necessary. I PC Chilean soccer players so they don't come up as often. So I snag them when I can. Yeah, that's scare. That's true scarcity, right? You just got to buy them when you see them. Mark Santucci, I overpaid for a card because I didn't see a crease in it. It was in a screw down about, about 1992. A Mike Schmidt rookie. All hmm. right. All right. Lapper says you overpaid on a McKinnon totally certified mirror green rookie card 101. Figured I'd never see it again, and it is one of my favorites. I think I have the out of 10 version of that card, actually. I believe I do have the out of 10, maybe. I'm not sure, Lapper. Waxel, someone out there at one time wanted to get all 10 PMG greens of a player. Imagine trying to finish that. Yeah, I mean, it's doable. I mean, it depends what, not 97 basketball, I don't think, but it's doable in, you know, Flare Retros and that kind of thing. All Valley overpaid a few times for good eye appeal. Again, I don't know that that's overpaying though, All Valley. I think you're buying quality, so you got to pay for it. So I think, first of all, kudos to you for paying extra for good eye appeal, but that's only going to pay dividends in the long run, if and when you do dispose of that card. I mean, the satisfaction when you get that card in hand, you know, and you've made a play and, and you know, in your mind, you're thinking, I know, I know I overpaid, but then you receive the card and you, you look at it and you, you know, the, the decision that you made is kind of uh, verified by your own like appreciation. And, and, and now you have the card. Like I, I just, there really are, you know, PSA ones and twos that I treasure really, really deeply in ways that maybe a three or a four, and I'm talking about vintage cards, you know, 
um, that, you know, it's just, it's, it's really just, I, it's, it's a big old cliche in the hobby, but buy the card, not the grade. hundred percent. The thing is, and, and it's, I think more and more people are catching on to it now, but the technical grade of a card, people often have take issue with the grade that they receive on a card because the card looks so good, but there might be, I think oftentimes we just can't see things. I know that, you know, they're, they're maybe rushing through some gradings here and there. That is what it is. But I do think that there are cards that are graded correctly that just don't look as good as a card that can be. That's why I like a, a PSA 1 pinhole card, especially if, if everything else about it is like a PSA 7, but it has a pinhole and it's a PSA 1. I mean, especially on a very valuable vintage card. I mean, sign yeah. me up. That's where that's my entry point right there. What's your uh, I know you must have one. You, you have a Clemente rookie, right? What's uh what what are you holding on the Clemente rookie? Uh it's a it's a six. It's a six. My right. Clemente. Yeah, yeah, I mean that that's a card that I I can I mean I'm constantly interested in seeing like what's out there on the Clemente rookie front because there are so many components when it comes to centering, when it comes to like the the kind of color and registration on the card. Um and and you can find you know, a one or a three or a two that truly looks better than like a four, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's just one of those cards. So anyway, we all have those cards in our world that, you know, just want to keep an eye out for. Yeah. It's an awesome card for sure. 55 tops, but uh, I'm look, I have a picture of mine here. Mine is off centered pretty badly for a six, but it's not like it, I still love it. And it's the, everything i'm just the corners the edges like i'll show it on it's just on my phone here but that's that's my clemente and you can see it's it's up and to the right on the centering that's a blazer though it, it's yeah. a it's from as chris sewell would say it's from the blazer division yes, uh, out, outside of centering yeah look at that green backdrop there that is beautiful in the face oh wow yeah you yeah. did all right you did all right the registration is is perfect actually yeah, yeah. It, it's a beauty. It's a beauty for sure. It doesn't bother me in the least there. I, and I don't even really care about the corners at that point. I mean, it's like, okay, they're a little a little touched. I don't know. Again, as I was saying earlier tonight, like I don't mind my vintage being lower than perfect. I yeah. mean, no, yeah. I get worried when it's too sharp. I'm like, did this card get trimmed and somehow find its way into a holder? You know, I mean, we have to think about that more and more now that we, you know, in hindsight, see some of the things that are happening. So there is something actually comforting when you see the natural wear of the card and then the card still presents well. Totally. Like if you're going like, yeah, when I look at 48 Leafs or or. 33 Gaudis or, you know, 51, par 52 Parkhurst in hockey or anything from those eras, like a, a, you can find yourself a gorgeous PSA four. I mean, if you can afford it, cause they're not, you know, a lot of these cards in fours are very expensive, but you can find, you don't need, I won't say what and other people, I don't need a PSA eight. I'm happy with a nice four, you know, and you save a lot of money. You can go and put some of the money into another card too. Rich Frank says, I've been straight ripped off, but never really overpaid on a big one. Fair, uh, Jake's toe overpaid for his David Robinson rookie 30 years ago. That That's going to happen. I mean, you compare what they're selling for now to then, it's pretty much the same price, right? 
Chrissy, you wish you can get a Kobe refract. Yeah, those aren't uh, aren't that cheap anymore. That's for sure. If anyone knows who owns the one of one 1969 PSA 10 Stanley Cup card, I need to speak to them. No idea. Lapper, when he was shaking when he won the card, was my biggest purchase by far at the time. An absolutely thrilling feeling. That's what the hobby does, right? It gives us thrilling feelings. I love it. Gray K47, welcome to the show, says, I have overpaid numerous times getting caught up in set building, especially if it is a low-numbered set that I don't know if it will come around for years. Yeah, that's the collector. You're a collector. you got to pay what you got to pay sometimes. For sure. Rich Frank, I like sharp corners, edges, surface. I can deal with it being 65, 35 off. So centering, yeah, see, I'm a surface guy. Number one is surface, then centering for me. And I, I distinguish between the two. Some people don't, I guess. But I hear you, Rich Frank. What's your end game? That's a great question. I know my end game in the hobby. I have an end game. I'll share it with you guys right now. My end game in the hobby. There's, I mean, there's, there's two like scenarios sort of thing. It, it could go... This is a choose your own adventure, if you will. But there's two scenarios. One is my kids grow up. They're young, right? My kids are, are, are three and five almost. And so if they are interested and are going to be good custodians of this collection that their dad built over his lifetime, I will consider, you know, willing it to them. It'll be part of their inheritance. Um, that's one option. If they're interested in them. The other option and this is my chosen option. What I really want to do is I want to build this whole thing up just to tear it down in my twilight years. I've said it before. I just want to do the card show circuit in my like seventies, maybe, which isn't as far away as I wish it was. I want to do the card show circuit in my seventies and just travel the, the travel the continent with my cards and set up a card shows and sell cards until I'm down to almost nothing. That's kind of my, my, my end, my end game. So like in that vision, which I, I appreciate, um, are you like in an RV or like yeah. A, yeah. maybe something kind of like extra nice or. Well, I mean, whatever, whatever we can afford at that point. Right. But some sort of RV that we can just drive around, sleep in, you know, tow a car behind us so we could like, you know, run around wherever we are and yeah. have a car and maybe spend the spend the summers up here in Canada, the winters down in Arizona, that kind of thing, right? And right. then in between just drive around the continent um to 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 the card shows. We spend a lot of time in Dallas, a lot of time in Chicago, right? A lot of time in Florida, a lot of time in Vegas by then, I'm sure, Toronto. So yeah, that's what I'd like to do. That's that's the end game for me. I just I start it's like Sounds awesome. It just sounds so awesome for me. Anthony, I rarely overpay, but I don't chase rainbows or anything like that. I'm an opportunity buyer, you could say. Cheap, really. Yeah, that's a that's a great I, approach. I hear you, Anthony. That's that's a little bit of what I do. I mean, I'm not always looking for something, but if I see something that makes sense and and you know it it it, it compels me, I I might just uh, push in. Yeah, sometimes you just got to do it. The dream says FOMO is real when it comes to PC. Yeah, I think I can definitely agree with that. Busby in 2015, I want a Brady Breeze dual auto for one spot, 20 bucks in a Raz. What an amazing. That, yeah, that's a gamble, but at least you recognize that's a gamble and a win. Congratulations on that win. 
Kaplan's as being one of those 5,000 fans at the Coyotes games, if they're still there, if they're still there, Dave, for sure. David French, fund your travels with the cards. I love that. That's not the idea, though. No, Dave. The idea is not to fund the travels with the cards. The idea is to fund the travels with life savings and then to take the proceeds from the cards and and that is my kids' inheritance. That's for them, for their, once I'm gone, right? My kids are, I'm an old dad, so... Um, hmm. The money, if they don't want the cards, let me convert it. I don't, they don't need to convert it to cash. Let me convert it to cash and then leave them the money. Troy says, I would like to offer option number three, adopt me and also be a third custodian for Jeremy's collection. You wish, Troy, you wish. <laughs> I want Jeremy to be my dad. I, I, I'd love to inherit a few uh, Gretzky rookies and, you know, maybe a little LeBron and Kobe. Yeah, I, hey. Whoever inherits my collection will be uh, will be very pleased. I think I'm very pleased with this. So hey, of course I'm biased. I love my collection. Purple haze. I thought I overpaid at the time on an Acuna Sapphire PSA 10, but I just had to have it. I did the same thing with an Acuna rookie season game used bat, but it worked out. There you go. Lapper. Me and my wife doing the same thing in the Golden Years, Jeremy. We'll meet up with you in 25 years, Lapper. We should we should caravan, right? Let's grab. We can uh, we can caravan. That's a plan, buddy. That is a plan. We can just follow each other around and go hang out at all the shows. That'd be nice, especially for our wives, right? My wife is not into the hobby, right? She doesn't. She has nothing against it, but she is. She just. She is not a. Uh, she is not into it at all. So uh, she'll need some company to hang out with at these card shows for sure. Call Murray. Doing it full-time now at 50, priceless, most fun you will ever have. Buying, selling, doesn't get better. Throw a couple of rounds of golf in there for kicks. I'm not a golfer, but I hear you, Colin. I hear you. Jeremy will be in his private jet, says Terry Fortune. I've been watching that show Succession on Netflix, or whatever we've been watching it on, not Netflix, but that show Succession with their private jets. Talk about wealth. Oh, my God. I heard that those actors took wealth training actually to, to act on this, on that show. Could I ask Jeremy? I mean, um, so, you know, because we've been so locked down in COVID, you know, throughout the last, you know, 20 months, 24 months, I, I, it's hard to keep track. I mean, I'm curious, like, let's just say that we do get through, you know, the variations, the, the different, you know, Omicron Delta, this, that, and the other. I mean, let's say there is a time, where we travel freely, do you think, um, because this is what I'm picking up, the, the in-person shows, the conventions, the, you know, the, the, the ways that people are now showing up to in-person hobby dealing seems to have been amplified. Um, and, and, and I know you have context because you, you've been doing shows for, for decades now, but I'm curious if you see, the potential for like really like a more once everything gets healthy because we're we're seeing it sounds like really you know fairly record numbers and and new things emerging even with the risk and the challenges of navigating covid and travel and supply chains and all of that what do you what could you imagine in say 5 years if indeed you know the 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 covid stuff is you know, a, a, a memory in the past, what could you see in the realm of in-person hobby dealings? I mean, I think it'll just be better than before, 
but we saw we saw the national last year and it was excellent it was great i think they need more room going forward because the hobby has just grown and is continuing to grow and fanatics is going to ensure that it continues to grow i believe so i mean if i understand the question joe i just expect it to be bigger and better and more rounded out right card shows historically are card shows and then everybody goes home to their hotel rooms to their houses and waits till the next day if it's more than a one-day show. The National, you know, recently has become something with the trade night. We're only over the last couple of, of Nationals. So, and that's now an event that surrounds the show itself. So I think that these event, these shows and events and conferences and the Industry Summit, the Mint Collective, the National, the Dallas show, there's so many more events and gatherings that, you know, extracurricular activities that surround the card show itself. I see the card show evolving that way. Now in the floor, in the gymnasium or in the hall or wherever it's what's going to change really. I mean, you need, you need tables to display your cards. So there has to be that element, but I just see the whole thing growing into more of an event, more of a social event than just buying and selling cards and just being bigger and better than they've been in the past. I think it's going to be, I think that that's where it's going to go. I don't see it being much different than that. And I like multi-day shows because, you know, it, it just gives you more reason. You get more done, especially if you need that much time to cover the whole room like you do at the national. So I think it goes sort of in that direction. What, what, what you, you mentioned too. Um, and, and I'm not disagreeing with you. I think the community is primary, but when I, when I, when I hear and see, you know, the testimonies of people attending these shows, you know, the after hour trade nights, that kind of stuff. All I think about is like, and, and, and I hope this doesn't sound, you know, um, I don't know, not, not pitching in, but like fees and taxes, like being able to deal directly with human beings and cutting out all of the other stuff. Um, and, and, you know, it's just a, you know, cash on the barrel head kind of thing. I think that value proposition is going to be hugely attractive moving forward, especially with, you know, eBay now is, is reporting to, you know, at least in the U S the tax man um, you've got, you know, the different fees. We may have more fees now with the authentication process. So I just see those in-person transactions really becoming you know, if and when everything becomes safe. I mean, I'm a little bit of a nervous Nelly when it comes to COVID, so I'm laying low, but I'm really excited to get out there and and transact in real time with, with human beings and, and, you know, sell cards, buy, buy cards and trade cards. I think the trading is really one of the most um, huge opportunities that we have in the hobby, especially if you're you know, if you have a collector sensibility where you want to, to bring cards into your collection, trade just seems like a, a, a massive opportunity. Yeah. I mean, so for me, I agree, like the in-person dealing to, to, to eliminate all the fee takers that we deal with out of convenience and they all earn, they earn their fees. Like uh, they deserve them. I like eBay has low fees as far as I'm concerned. I know people say their fees, the fees, but I think eBay's fees are, are, are more than fair, but in any event, um, yeah, I agree. You know, fee avoidance is something that card shows allow. Um, we are also social animals as human beings. We want to be in person. Like, you know, you say you're nervous, Nelly, because of COVID. I say, I mean, listen, I'm not going to say it. 
but but I would say just just get get it over with, right? Like you get COVID and it's over, right? For most people, for most people. So, you know, come to the Vegas event. Are yeah. you going to get COVID there? Maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe not. But I mean, it's like every day my wife tells me, oh, you know, do you know such and such? And the whole family has COVID. I'm like, okay, so they're getting it out of the way. Like it's, it's, it is what it is at this point. And I, I, I overuse that term sometimes, but um, I, I just think, yeah, I mean, I, once, once we are in a more normal state of affairs, yeah, it, we don't even need to be. We're in an abnormal state of affairs and there's more card shows now than ever. So what's going to change between now and then? They're just going to get bigger. That's it. The nervous Nellies will come out and be at more shows, I would say. So, um, yeah. Okay. Evan Thomas, Card Show Convoy 2047. Let's go. Yeah, that's pretty much exactly 2045 maybe. But if you can uh, – oh, here we go. Gray K47 is ready in 2045. So we got three of us for sure. Evan Thomas is a maybe at this point. But, yeah, let's do it for sure. Colin Murray got a show next week in Ontario. Three weeks in a row. That's fun. Rock Latex. Jeremy isn't a golfer. Wasting that height. He would drive that ball at least 300 yards. So the few times I have golfed Rock's late Rock Latex, I can tell you, my drive is my strongest, the strongest part of my game. I do have a very good drive. When, when the head of the club actually connects with the ball. I'm so far away from that ball. It's like it takes me one in five swings to actually hit the ball to make, to make contact. So there you go. There you go. Rich Frank, no, Ontario, Canada, he meant, which he clarifies. Waxel will be wearing VR headsets and attending the annual NFT National in five years. I don't think I will be, but I, I get the comments still. Tampa asked, Jeremy, any thoughts on sports card radio? No thoughts on sports card radio, Tampa, no thoughts. Purple Haze, I'll be doing more in person, especially if eBay causes me to lose interest in the platform. Yeah, I think that's happening for some people. I think that's happening for sure. <laughs> Rock latex. <laughs> he knew it. He knew it. I don't know what you guys are talking about about $600 there. I must have missed something, but that's okay. That's the former eBay uh, or the current eBay threshold oh. for taxation. Right, right, right. Yeah, Purple Hay says, I feel eBay might be damaging the attractiveness of the platform. I, I, you, I think you're right. That's not just a feel, Purple Haze. I think you, you can verify. For me, it has done that already. But I'm also going to be wide-eyed open and kind of willing to go at it, reserve judgment, see what happens, see how it goes. Once they start charging for this new service, which they made very apparent they're going to, a limited, for a limited time means for a limited time, We'll see what happens, but um, yeah, I think uh, I, I think it's the wrong move. I mean, I I think a lot of people are happy because it's it's giving a lot of people what they wanted, which was like fewer returns, holding people to their to their contracts, that sort of thing. Um, but adding the time in there, it's I think there's more stuff. I think something else still has to come out. I think there, there, I think there's more to come. For some something more needs to come, I believe. Not sure what it is. Chris Hayes says, "Preach." It's a psychological issue now. Society, so, so, I don't know what that word is. Sorry, Chris Hayes. I got even societally, societally maybe. Club head speed would be about 130 miles an hour. <laughs> 
Tampa says, I'm going to give my slobs a lot of attention. I hope it works out well. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. My slobs, I think, I think they've got a good thing going. I haven't used the platform. I, I I've, I've like checked it out. I've, I've, uh, you know, clicked my way through, but I've never bought anything on there, but I, they, they may have, I think all, I think my slabs, com C, you know, the, the PWC season goldens of the world. I think they have big opportunities right now with eBay. I don't understand eBay, to be honest. I, I mean, I, I don't understand the way they do things sometimes, but hopefully, hopefully they know more than I do and they'll come out strong. We'll see. David French, random, but here's some fun. There's a BillRipkin.com website that is amazing. Oh, that's cool. I'll have to check that out. For Is it for the error card and all the variations? T-Dot, they're pulling a PSA, weeding out the junk. Ah, that's an interesting point. Weeding out the junk. So then where does the junk go, right? That's where ComC maybe has a big opportunity. And then there's another one. I forget what it's called. I know... Um, Sean Robb is big on it. Uh, sport lots, sport lots. I wonder about them. Chrissy, we need a raw version of my slabs. There's a good business opportunity for somebody. Dave says eBay still has the eyeballs. Haven't had luck on my slabs. Yeah, no, Dave. I know you do sell on on, on eBay, and they do have the eyeballs. That is for sure. That is for sure. It's for raw cards over seven seven fifty, I think, Colin. But yeah, with it's not very much, not yet. But they they did say it's going to go down to two fifty uh, soon, I believe, in the next couple of months. Waxel uploaded a bunch onto my slabs last night. They need more selection for sure, but I'm expecting more with these eBay rules. Yeah, there you go. My slabs needs an app. That's the thing. I think they all need apps, right? eBay's app is awesome. Like it's addictive. My slabs needs an app. PWCC needs an app. Golden needs an app. I think all these guys need, need native apps. eBay is still king, obviously, even with the worry. My slabs will be accepting raw soon. Joe says, or sorry, Jake's Toast says, wouldn't be surprised to see eBay certified slabs someday. They lost a lot of money when PWCC left. Yeah, they sure did. <laughs> when, Peter, when They kind of just pushed that money out, actually. But yeah, I hear what you're saying, Jake's Toe. Rock you, Latex, how do you think, sorry, Joe, how do you think PSA feels about their slabs having to get certified through a competitor? PSA, well, it's 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 for raw cards, is it not? Oh, no, it's it's for all, is it for raw and graded? I don't think they care. I don't think PSA cares, to be honest. But we'll see what, kind, yeah, who knows? There could be so many directions this thing could go in that we can't even conceive right now. So it'll be, it'll be fun to watch. I, I think the current one, I was, I, this was, flummoxing me and apparently you can see the blue check mark in the ebay auction if it's going to need that third-party authentication but i think it's anything over 750 dollars that's not graded and is not a patch or an auto okay, okay. so if that's confusing to you then you're a smarter human being than i am because it took me about five times to hear that and understand it but i think i finally do for now, yeah, and then, no, appreciate. that's until the summer, right? Right. Appreciate you clarifying that. Tampa says, yes, please get my slabs an app ASAP. Dave Kaplan says, PSA slabs don't need eBay authentication. So there you go. And uh, DJ PWCC, yeah, they have an app, but it's only for the sellers. Right? They don't have an app to surf their new auctions. There's no, there's no shopping app. It's just for uh, people who have cards with them. 
I believe. I mean, I have that app on my, on my phone and I cannot search their, their, their auctions with it and bid on the auctions with it. Colin Murray says CSG is authenticating the cards. Fanatics will be, will, will be something soon. Buying will be buying soon. Yeah. I heard the Fanatics already own CSG or has a piece of it or something like that. So that all kind of makes sense. Waxel says Starstock doesn't show you the card you're buying and they only accept rookie cards. Yeah, we'll see how long. I always thought it was interesting that they were narrowed down to just rookie cards and only certain rookie cards. And now I don't know what's going on there, but um, I guess we'll find out soon if they're going to sort of rethink their whole business model. Maybe they have to, and maybe they will, and hopefully they come out stronger. Yeah, Colin confirms PWCC is just for buying. Dave says it also, so Dave says to you, Joe, that uh, eBay's uh, new authentication excludes sets and lots. So it's just for single card auctions. That's really, that's really interesting. Junkyard says it's going to be an eBay CSG Fanatics trifecta. Seems like it. uh, Tampa PWCC's website in the final day of their auctions is trash. I've lost several cards because they can't handle the traffic. I mean, trash is a strong word. I wouldn't call it trash. I've had I've had luck on there, but they're working through the they're working through the uh, the glitches, right? It's technology; it always freezes. Yeah, I've I've noticed it a little bit. Hey, I cover the auctions, right? And um, I've seen some issues, but I'm patient. I'm patient. It's always things. It's technology. It's got to get better. Purple haze. No matter what happens, I'll still be buying cards from somewhere, some way. Exactly. That's the that's the post of the night right there. Yeah. Post. Post of the night, right? Post of the night goes to Purple Haze. No matter what happens, I'll still be buying cards from somewhere someday. Well done, Purple Haze. Post of the night. Chris Hayes says all these upstart selling platforms still lack the reputation and earn confidence. Fair. T dot. I wouldn't buy an ungraded card for over seven fifty anyway. I mean, I do, I do, and I will. But I hear you, T dot. I hear you. Try bidding on 20 or so cards with minutes to bid and it freezes nonstop. Yeah, no, I hear you, Tampa. It depends on your approach, right? I'm not, that's not, hasn't been my strategy on their platform, but I definitely can see that for sure. I would like, yeah, I mean, I liked covering PWCC's auctions when they were on eBay because it was, it was like consecutive, right? One card, then the next, even when they were two seconds apart, I would rush through sometimes had to have to go back on them, but that was more fun than the new platform, but the new platform does have some features that I find to be very enticing and great for content and interesting and fun to cover. So just got to, you know, I consider myself adaptable and, and so I'm able to adapt and just make the best of the situation. That's really what it comes down to me in every situation, make the best of the situation. So that's what I try to do. What's that? What's going on, Joe? I, I, I was reflecting back. I think it was just last Sunday where um, because there was the post, the, the extra day added on to the premier auction, we had the weekly auction and the premier auction at PWCC ending roughly at the same time. And uh, I'm, I'm very interested in how the weekly PWCCs, I, I, you know, it's a little out of my financial strata to, to, to go into the premier but I'm I'm really interested to see how the weekly PWCC works out. I got one card last week, and um, and I'm assuming it's up again. I probably should 
you know, do my due diligence, see if there's anything out there that I like. But, you know, I am also, I, I forget who made the comment, but I am also, um, I haven't had any technological glitches, but I think I've had um, a learning curve in terms of how to approach the way the PWCC auction formats are, because there, there are a lot of cards at once. And I think it, you know, you know, do your research, right? Like I've, I found myself a little compromised when I'm down to the wire and I've got like three cards that I'm maybe interested in and I'm trying to figure out which one do I want to push into and, you know, making good decisions in those contexts. Um, I, I'm, I'm curious to see, cause you know, we've, we've talked with Eric Myers and, and some of the folks there that, you know, mentioned, as this rolls out, there might be opportunities there. There might be some really good bargains to be had. Um, and I think the point of going from a monthly to a weekly is to consolidate the selection so that you can be a little more focused. So yeah, that, that's just something on my mind, you know, um, as, as a, you know, in terms of acquisitions and opportunities, I, I just kind of want to see um, the next few weeks, how the PWCC weekly, you know, what, what, what's offered and, and dial in my own strategy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I think the, the, the game changer for PWCC is going to be when they do have a native app that will allow people to bid on cards on those auctions. Um, you know, the, you said that the, the, they went from monthly to weekly to sort of, um, I think what they did there was spread it out. You know, they had that, their monthly was like 40,000 cards, 25 to 40,000 cards. It's really hard to navigate that, their site. Now they're in that five to 6,000 a week sort of uh, volume. And I think that's easier to navigate, but I think it's going to be better for the whole hobby and, and their sellers once that app is out. I think they're going to realize higher prices on cards because it's just much more convenient to be on your phone. Than, any, than, than, than sitting at a computer. For most people, I, I believe it is. Um, I wanted to bring up a comment here from Gray K 47 says early, so as far as working on the PWCC uh, platform, early bid and then extended bidding helps with the PWCC lag. So I do find that to be, to be right, right? They're not all really ending in that one second anymore. You can get 20 bids in, in a minute, or in a five minute window, it depends what window, or if you're in the, the greens, the yellows or the reds in terms of their, their windows, right? So if you're in the reds, it's a minute until they, until it all closes, you got to get your bids in quick. But when they're in those five minute uh, closing windows, you've got lots of time to make all the bids, I, I would argue. So I, I do like the, I do like the, uh, the format and keep in mind too, with them that they change it as they see fit, right? They they try to improve based on based on customer feedback and that. So it's going to evolve. It's going to continue to evolve, and I believe get better. And then the Apple help as well. So and then Golden's going to have to follow suit and do the same thing to compete because PWCC, even though they they have their public image issues and they have in the past, they're still they still move a lot of cards. So iron sharpen iron. Tampa, yeah, I do early bids. It's when it comes to crunch time that it that it goes bad. Well, but so the crunch time though can be longer, but yeah, I think I think also with practice to Tampa, right? The more times you do it, uh, you might you might be you you might be able to sort of tighten up your strategy there a little bit. I hope I hope you can, but if not, I guess uh, I guess you can't if if you can't. 
Uh, Dave says the other interesting thing about the eBay authentication is how it will work cross border. If a Canadian buys the item, does it get sent to the USA for off and then back to Canada? I heard it wasn't for Canadians yet, or I believe, but we'll see. Waxel, there's over 47 million singles listed on eBay, but most certainly, no matter what the setter player, there will be someone there to outbid me with two seconds left. Yeah, we all agree. We like PWCC when they were on eBay. That's the eBay platform, though, right? I mean, it's very good. Uh, scratch that. Buyer and seller must be in USA for eBay authentication. So that really puts international buyers at a either an advantage on one hand, but a disadvantage on the other hand, right? You might you might have to, and especially I would say the sellers are at a disadvantage, especially. It's not the first time I've thought it's time to move to Canada. <laughs> Troy says, I also have a USA address, might be using that for buying. So yeah, as do I. So it's always nice to be able to ship uh, to the US uh, if you're buying in there. If, if, hey, for me, it doesn't, I don't really care where the card has to go. Just get to me, eventually make its way to me. I never need a card within 30 days. Like I don't need the card that fast. I'm pretty patient. As long as I know it's coming, I'm pretty content. So, all right, man, we're coming up on two hours. I'm losing steam. Yeah, you've been at it. Good talk. We're going to wrap up. So, uh, yeah, that that's good. What, what, what a fun night. Thanks, Joe, for joining. Appreciate it, buddy. Back at you. Um, I hope everyone enjoys uh the sunday of football games and uh stay safe out there and uh enjoy the hobby yeah for sure no thanks for saying that's a nice message joe yeah thank you everybody for joining uh after hours with joe and the earlier show with Suze. that was a fun fun night thanks for sticking with us the whole time if you did collectible live tomorrow seven o'clock eastern on the collectible youtube channel uh, that show's good. I got to tell you guys, I'm, I'm enjoying that show. It's evolved. So come check it out. Jake's toe. Appreciate it. Good point. Joe and Jeremy, the goats tonight. Thank you so much. Mark's losing steam. Thank you, Albert. Appreciate it. Thank you everybody for joining. Appreciate it. Junkyard hit the thumbs up guys. Hit the thumbs down. Even I, I hit the thumbs down if you want, but hopefully you don't, but hit something, click something. If you're not yet subscribed, be sure to hit the subscribe and uh, we'll be back next Saturday with more and the Saturday after that and the one after that too. The only one I'll be taking off is uh, March 26th when I will be in Vegas for the Mint Collective. There will be no show on March the 26th, but there will be one on the Saturdays on either end of that. Otherwise, everybody, if we don't see Uncollectible Live tonight, thank you for joining. Have a great week ahead. Enjoy your hobby. Enjoy your life. Thank you, Tampa. Appreciate it. Thank you, Troy. Yeah, enjoy football tomorrow, everybody. Thank you, Purple Haze. Thank you, Waxel. Thank you, everybody who's there. That's it. This is over. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.